What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. It's your boy, the Bowtie Comedian, Comedian Mike Goodwin, welcoming you to another episode of Positivity and Hilarity. So we're going to kick this thing off by just saying, number one, thank you for hanging out, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. I would love for you to provide me with feedback. So uh, someone, one of the listeners recently said something about the Q&A. So if you want to reach into the podcast, just send me an email at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at comedianmikegoodwin.com. If you have a question for the show, if you want to give any feedback to the show, I greatly would appreciate it. I love to hear from from you, and I want to hear from you because I want this to be something that you enjoy, and I want to, in addition, make it enjoyable. The way that I typically start the podcast is I talk about being on the road again. I was just on the road this past weekend. Very interesting experience. I flew into Louisville, Kentucky. Now, I don't know how you say it. Louisville or Louisville. Being from the South, we have a particular way of saying things. And so I've picked up different parts of the country say different things. For instance, some people say soda. Some people say pop. Some people say Coke. And they just talking about soda in general. Another thing that people say often in the South, we say we're going to the grocery store. We're going to buy groceries. In other parts of the country, they're going to make groceries. It's just different regions, different parts. So that's one of the beauties of our, our nation. And I was in Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. I, I don't know, I like saying Louisville. When you think about Louisville, I think about Louisville Slugger. I think about the great Muhammad Ali and the Louisville Cardinals. They, 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 you know, that's a pretty prominent university. And you can't go into Louisville without seeing that Cardinal, without seeing that that bird. Well, I was I had to fly. I could have flew into Louisville or Indianapolis because I was going to Montgomery, Indiana to do a corporate Christmas event. And so typically I'll, I'll get the information about the event a few days before, well, not a few days before, we'll, we'll do the contract. So I have the inf- some of the information about the event. And so as I was doing my my preparation and looking at the the information, I read the description of the audience. Let me read you what it says here. So in the, because in, in, in our contract, there's a, there's a portion that says audience. This audience description, this is what it read. It said, the majority will be Amish slash Mennonite, some English. Now, if there's a group of people that I know very little about, 
it's the Amish. Like, your boy is no reference point <laughs> with the Amish. I, I got a buddy, a comedian buddy, John Chris. He's has an Amish family and, and has Amish roots. And we've done some shows in, in areas that were deemed to be kind of Amish. We're in, in Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania is a pretty a hotbed. I don't know if Amish and hotbed need to go in the same sentence. But he's spoken about the Amish, and then he's had, you know, this, this very interesting haircut and beard combination. That was uh, a shout out to the Amish. I think that, you know, I, I don't know because Mike Goodwin grew up in Camden, South Carolina. And what I do know is there aren't any Amish in Camden, South Carolina. Or when I was being reared, <laughs> I did not go to school with the Amish. So I, I'm just like, that's a community, that's a subculture that I have very little internal information about. Then you, the Amish slash Mennonite, which, yeah, I'm drawing a blank there too. So there was a little bit of concern. So I did my research, you know, everybody, you know, in terms of, I got to quit saying, I got to quit saying, you know, that is a, that's my filler word. You know, so I got I got to be very mindful to not say, you know, but as I was doing my research and I don't know how you do research. But a big part of my research involves me finding myself on a Wikipedia page. That's what I'm saying. Research. I'm, I'm probably on the Wikipedia page. So I look I'm looking at the Amish, I'm looking at the Mennonites. One thing I found to be very interesting that I did not know, which I don't know a lot about the Amish in general, is that they have created a very lucrative enterprise of breeding dogs. Now, in your mind, you automatically may think furniture when you think Amish, but Amish are out here getting the bag, breeding Dogs. There was something, there was a statistic that I read that this particular dog, there was like 97% of the breeders Amish. And they get in the bag. So they're not fighting the dogs like, <laughs> like someone that we're familiar with. They are breeding the dogs and getting the bag. For those of you that are not familiar, getting the bag is a new way of, of saying making money. Making a lot of money. Getting the bag. So I found that out. I also found out that you know that Amish do not use electricity, but they're very big on solar and battery operated energy. And so they kind of cheat. That's that's what they kind of doing out here. Matter of fact, I made a joke during the show as I was wrapping up about social media, and I was telling the folks, "Hey, man, if you want to stay 
up to date of what Mike Goodwin has going on. I don't know why I just did that in third person. But what I have going on, you can follow me on social media. So I made a I made a comment to the Amish portion of the audience and say, hey, even if some of y'all are sneaking on to social media, you know, it, that, that received a big response. People were very, very responsive to say, hey, man, you hit the nail on the head as it relates to the Amish sneaking on social media. <laughs> like I said, you know, y'all might not have an account, but you, you out there. You on the interwebs. So, yeah, that was a very interesting. It was a corporate event for a lumber manufacturing metal company. Great, great event. It was a great event. But it was a little unnerving because, again, I think part of my growth and elevation as a person is rewiring my mindset. I, through the course of my life, I, I'm not I'm not a negative person, but I can I can be very critical and cynical. So, negativity and criticism and cynicism probably are first cousins. And in general, I'm a, I'm a pretty positive guy. I have a great positive outlook on life. I think things are getting better and better. I think tomorrow is going to be better than today. So I, I have a internal optimism. I have a belief and a faith in a creator that wants me to have good things. And, and my life will be a life that exhibits happiness, joy, peace, long suffering, you know, all, all the fruits so I have a I have a pretty solid positive mental disposition, but I'm easily aggravated and I'm overly critical. I, I have the propensity to be very critical. Part of that is the beauty of comedy because I'm very observant. So when I see things, I lean sometimes on the pessimistic side of things or the cynical side of things as opposed to the benefit of the doubt positive thought. So I have that internal mechanism that I'm shifting, that I'm, I'm, I'm cultivating a more abundant, positive, optimistic outlook. And it's a process. It, it, you know, I just don't wake up every day and like Mr. Rogers, I'm throwing on my sweater, which I'm rocking my fraternity sweater. I got a, a buddy of mine that's a listener. He said he, he can't watch the video because he's a member of another organization. I don't, I don't know why this is a problem, but he has to listen to the audio. So, I had to, <laughs> and I've had to be very mindful of my mind. My pastor says, think about what you're thinking about. And typically, 
I, I look at events or opportunities or, or gigs, shows that I have coming up. And if I, you know, if I look at it, there's certain ones that automatically make me feel like, oh man, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a wonderful time. Typically if the shows are in the South, if they're at a church, if it's an event for couples, you know, I'm like, oh baby, let me at them. Let me get it. Then when I, I, I travel to certain parts of the country, I'm like, okay, uh, I, my, my, my Southern, I don't have people like, I really enjoyed your Southern comedy. I, I don't have Southern comedy, but my Southern upbringing and, and my, my topics, there are some things I don't have to explain when I'm in the South, but when I go to different parts of the country, I, you can't take for granted that folks know that when the sun is shining and it's raining outside, that the devil's beating his wife. Like, I, I can say that in the South almost anywhere, and everybody knows what I'm talking about. I, I go a little further north, the Midwest, and people are looking at me like, excuse me, what is this that you're talking about? Something interesting happened, too. I do a joke about George Foreman, and I talk about legacy. And so the the joke basically is that George Foreman is remembered for a cooking apparatus, a grill. But he, you know, he's a boxer, a, a very well, highly decorated boxer. And the woman at my table was like, "I didn't know George Foreman did all those things." Like, so I was, I was, I was outlining what he had accomplished, and then also highlighting what he's known for. So what he accomplished. It's not what he's known for. And so I found it to be very hilarious that she was like, I knew nothing. All I knew about George Foreman was the grill. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can't take for granted that when you're in different parts of the country, that your content or material will be received in the same manner. So if an event like this past weekend for me going, it's a corporate event. So sometimes in corporate events, you're a little limited in what you can talk about, especially as it relates to religion. And I have a lot of jokes about my faith. So you're like, oh, I can't do some of this content, some of this material. But that wasn't a problem because this was a privately owned company. But when you throw the Amish and Midnight, Night, and then I sent back to my manager, who is the English? So I like, I understand Amish and Midnight, Night, but who who is this English? Who? <laughs> and apparently they're us, like everybody else, like the people that are not Amish and Midnight, Night, they're just like, um, <laughs> they uh oh, what was the word? It's a uh, Protestants, just Protestants, just regular everyday <laughs> run of the mill people. But English, when I saw that in the in the description, I'm like, are people from Britain gonna be there? Like who? Who is the English? And I said that back. I mean, that was a question I said back. I said, who is the English in parentheses? And basically, English are just everybody else. Well, I didn't know this. And so when I pulled up, so basically what happened, I flew into, into Louisville. 
<laughs> I ended up getting a hotel in Jasper, Indiana, which so Louisville was two hours from where my where my event was taking place. Jasper was about forty five minutes from the venue, so that cut out about thirty minutes of my travel time the next day because I still had to go back to Louisville to fly back out. So instead of getting up and having a two hour drive. I was up and I had an hour and a half drive, which very interesting how, how some of the dynamics work. So I'm, I'm in Jasper. I have to go from Jasper to Montgomery. Well, I, you know, you know, there you go. So as I leave, you put the coordinates in your GPS and you, and you head out. And the event was taking a place at this school in, in the gymnasium. It's a church school church that has a school in the gymnasium but where my gps was taking me it looked like someone's home or residence and as i was driving on the road and it was telling me to make a left i was like no nah, that definitely is not the place like i didn't know the place but i knew that wasn't the place it was a beautiful home but i was like that's not what they have in this event so i kept going down and then i made the next left and I saw what was a church, and then it was a parking lot that wasn't finished. It was kind of graveled parking lot. And off to the side, there was a, a horse and buggy. And I, I just was, I don't know, I was shook for a second. Like, So I called, I called a person that I was the point of contact, and they were like, yeah, I'm standing outside. This is the location. And I was like, well, okay, the next, they said it was the next street over. So I was a little shook. I was a little, my confidence had taken a hit, especially when I saw this graveled parking lot, horse and buggy. I was like, man, what, what is this? What am I getting myself into? So when I walk up, I, you know, I get out, I introduce the guy. And, and then you see folks in the traditional Amish garb. The ladies have the little um, styrofoam cap, cup on their heads. I, it's not styrofoam. The guys had the suspenders and the white shirt buttoned up. And I was like, what? So visibly, I looked like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is. And so the, the the guy that hired me, you could tell he was like, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But just like in this moment, I was I was, I was taken aback. I was, I was caught off guard. So, And at the end of it, it was a great experience. Like, it was a great show. We had a good time. Folks laughed. We did all the things. Like, it was what it was supposed to be. There, I mean, Amish folks were in the audience. And it was a lot of activity. There was babies doing a lot of talking. But it was a show. and It was a standard show. I had a microphone. I had an audience. And, and we had a good time. Um, but that 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 really kind of threw me for a loop, but what it solidified for me is, hey man, when people hire me to come do events, they know what I do. So come do the thing that I do. And I'm at this stage of my career where I don't I don't think anybody's rooting against me. When people bring me in, they fly me in, they have me at their event, they want me to come in and they want it to go well. And so I have a mentality from when I started of kind of chip on my shoulder, 
you know, I don't want to do bad. I don't want to not have a great show. So it's just like, it's not positive energy. It's not great energy. It's not energy. I was talking to my son this weekend about, oh my goodness, the things. My son, so if you look at children, and this this is going to lead us right into the best advice ever. My son, who I love dearly, requires 100% of my parental attention. Like, my daughter may require 80%, sometimes 45%. It, it fluctuates, but she never maxes out the parental response of it. My son account is at the max. He overdrafts out of my parental account. Like he, he puts the amount, the amount of strain that my son puts on me. It's oh, it, it, at times can be overwhelming. Part of that is because I see so much of me in him. The things that, are problematic. That, that, and so <laughs> it's great to see things in, in someone that that you celebrate, which he has those things. He's a great personality. He's a cool little kid. But there are some things that I see in him that I, as an adult, still have challenges with. And I want to give him the tools and the ability to mitigate those challenges because he is not at the mitigate challenges time. He's at the, I'm all about doing these challenges on TikTok time. Like he does all the challenges, the, the singing ones, the dancing ones, and it's a challenge to be in community with him. So I was talking to him. He, 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 and then that's the other thing too. And I'm also, I'm also battling my experience as a child, like what my parents would have done to me. And that's a wild place to be if you have not reconciled that my parents did the best that they could have done with they, the information that they had and who they were. And I'm going to do a different thing. For somewhere in my wiring, the right thing to do as a parent was the exact th same thing that my parents did when they were, and that, no, the, you should do some of the things my parents did. I should do the opposite of those things. And um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. And he brings out a hundred percent of my fatherly responsibilities. Like he's maxing the account out. So I was talking to him and he had gotten himself into some, some trouble at school. And then he, <laughs> in classic, my son behavior, he, he creates this, he's sitting down writing these lists of things that he should stop doing. He should stop. But as I'm reading, he said, I need to stop making poor decisions. I need to stop touching other people's property. And I'm like, no, you need to be declarative. You need to say, see that we're not with the need. We need to get rid of the need. What what would be most beneficial is I 
will not touch other people's property. And I was explaining to him, need gives you no consequence. Like I can say, I need to go to the gym. I do. I really do. But am I going? We don't know. I need to get eight hours of sleep every night. Yes, you're absolutely correct. You do need that. But are you going to do it? That's the question mark. So you need to be more definitive. You say, I will get eight hours of sleep. I will go to the gym on Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You need to be more active than passive in your language. And so when you're more active in your language, you're more apt to do the thing that you said that you're going to do. It's uh, I remember a guy talking about pornography and he was saying the way to not watch or view those things is to say, I'm not the person. I'm not the type of person that does that. That's, that's not who I am. So if I, that's not who I am. I don't, I don't need to look at that as opposed to, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. I'll probably restrict the time. Like, no, I'm a person that doesn't view that. And so now that's how I operate in life. And so this has all led me to what I will present today is the best advice ever. Audit your relationships. Do a relationship audit. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was going to make this more specific to parenting. And I was going to talk about, uh, as a parent, we need to audit our relationship with our children. And what I thought, like, I had the aha moment on one of those commutes back to the airport. Was, as I think about being a good parent. I had a revelation of, you know, who I ideally am am the best parent for is for the younger version of myself. Like all of my parenting ideas, the majority of them, a lot of them, if I don't, if I don't uh, review them or evaluate them, I'm going back into my childhood and trying to correct what I would have deemed to be unacceptable or something that I would have desired as a child. So I'm the perfect parent for me when I was growing up. You know the problem with that? I'm not raising me. (laughs) Like I had that thought, like the way that I think, I'm thinking directly about man. Young Michael Goodwin, who's myself and not my son, I'm thinking of all of his interests. Like, how could I better shepherd this young man through life? Unfortunately, I'm grown. (laughs) I'm an adult. Now, there's some things that counseling has helped with in terms of refocusing and reevaluating. But I need to be the best possible parent to my children and it's not a one size fit all so for my daughter 
I may approach a situation and that may be totally in line with how she receives information, how she learns, how she processes. But my son, it may totally be the opposite. And so I had the thought that I need to audit and I, and I constantly try to audit my relationships with my children, with my wife. And what do I, what do I mean by audit? So the word, the definition, you know, I'm all about definitions. So I looked it up and it says the systematic independent examination of the books, accounts, documents, and vouchers of an organization. An audit is an independent examination of a financial information of any entity, whether profit oriented or not, irrespective of its size or legal form. So basically, who's checking your books as opposed to seeing if you're operating in the black, if you're operating in a profitable position as opposed of a position of liability and lack. So as that relates to relationships, are you asking questions of the folks that you're in relationship with that would give you feedback on how you're interacting with them? I just recently had a conversation with my children it was a few months ago because I was talking to a friend of mine and I was talking about how I was engaging with my children and you know, I was just, just parenting in general. And, and she shared with me some of the mistakes she made with her own daughter. And she encouraged me and, and even challenged me to go back to my children and to apologize to them if I have not been communicating to them in the manner in which they needed to be communicated with. Because as I was communicating, as I was talking to her, she, she highlighted the point that, hey, yeah, the stuff that you are saying, that's great if you were raising you, but you're not raising you. So a prime example, uh, my son got into some issues at school because they were slamming these Chromebooks down. Somebody slammed his, he went and slammed it theirs. And so I was explaining to him part of my part of my struggle or part of my frustration with his generation, my children's generation, they don't value things because people just give them computers. Like when I was in school, nobody gave you a computer. Like you were you were privileged if your family had a computer. I mean, I can remember my first word processor that I bought and that it didn't have a screen it, and I just was typing my little papers out. So I have an intrinsic value for things because I had to invest and I had to sow and I had to sacrifice. And once I received these things, I was grateful. You know, I was even explaining to my son about they they just get it. They just get stuff. Like we just, they just get stuff. Like, <laughs> like my, my wife recently went and bought some shoes for my son. So in my, this is my paradigm folks. I know this is what, this is me talking. I, you, you know, you don't gotta be frustrated with me. This is why I'm, this is my, this is my orientation. When I was in school, I had one 
I had two pairs of shoes. I had school shoes. Well, let's say let's say three, but basically it was two because one of those shoes served as both things. So I had school shoes and I had church shoes. Now, when I say three, I'm saying play shoes, you know, shoes that you, you play in. But my school shoes and my play shoes were the same shoes for a long time. Now, maybe later on, I was able to get a pair. And basically, your play shoes are just the school shoes that you wore last year. So it's not you go to the store and you get, okay, these are going to be shoes you play in. These are going to be shoes that you go to school. No. So we didn't have a lot of shoes. Like, I just did not have shoes. Now, if you go in my closet now, Mike Goodwin has what? Shoes. Because Mike Goodwin maybe is compensating, overcompensating for what he didn't receive as a child. So now I have shoes that I don't even really wear, but I wanted shoes when I was a child. With my son, he didn't have that desire. My son, my wife goes and buys shoes. When we got shoes, it was at the beginning of the school year or Christmas, you might've gotten some shoes. But the shoes that you got in August are the shoes that you're gonna wear until May. There's no more shoes. No one's coming to shoe save you. Hey, these are the shoes. So when my wife goes and gets my son's shoes in November, and she goes and gets like two pairs of shoes, there's something in my brain that like like a little a little short short circuits a little bit short circuits because I'm kind of like ah how 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 you gonna get two pairs of shoes for for what what what's going on there's no special occasion it's not those are his Christmas presents like no we have abundance we have the ability to buy shoes now as it relates to that because my son. That think about shoes, if the shoes that he wants, he has, for whatever reason, and it's not whatever reason, it's laziness, lack of effort. My son doesn't untie his shoestrings. So I don't see him do it. I just know when I go in his room, his shoes are sitting there and they're still tied. So what that tells me is he just takes his shoe off his feet because it's easy like so i take it off tie i put them back on tie i don't have to tie my shoes and i'm explaining to him no the way you care for your shoes is that you untie them you take your foot out you don't stand on the back of your shoe you you treat your shoe with some care you value the shoe as opposed to just hey man i'm just going to treat these shoes any type of way because I have no concept. I didn't buy them. I didn't pay for them. I don't know how much they cost. So I have no problem not untying my shoe and just sticking my foot in and pulling my foot out and standing on the back of my shoe or slamming Chromebooks that I haven't paid anything for. And so that's one of the things that I internally have as it relates to interacting with my children. Like, hey man, I I want y'all to have a more higher regard for your belongings. I want you to. And so there are things I have to do to be more more, um, intentional about creating value around the things that they have and maybe having them invest into what they receive. 
you know, the phone, we just, my daughter got a phone 16. So now she's waited a long time. So to get it at 16, there should be a, a level of, 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 of appreciation and gratitude as opposed to like, I'm nine, I got a phone. I've always had a phone. Like, no, there's something in her brain that like, no, I hadn't already had a phone. So let me be mindful that there's a particular way to conduct myself with this phone. And so I would encourage each of you to audit your relationships. Now, when I say audit, that means the outside source. Now, you can have your wife have conversations with your children and say, hey, how's your dad doing? What would you like for your dad to do a little differently? What's going well? What's not going well? I heard along the way of my life at some point that feedback is the breakfast of champions. You can't change what you don't evaluate. You can't change what you don't measure. And it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to apologize to your children or to, to ask questions of how can I best parent you? Because I, I don't, I know how to parent me. I'm not 100% sure how to parent you. So you're going to get some of the stuff that I got that was bad stuff. You're going to get some good stuff because I'm more mindful. I'm more educated. I'm more mature. But I want to also give you what you need. Same is true in my relationship with my wife. That's why marriage conferences, marriage enrichment, anything that you can connect with, uh, positive around building your marriage, maintaining your marriage, putting maintenance onto your marriage. It's very easy to succeed, but it's very difficult to maintain success. You can succeed. You can win a championship. You can win a game. But can you build a winning culture? Can you build a winning program? And that's what you can do if you audit relationships. And again, it doesn't have to be always, you know, I'm thinking of an audit, like the, the technical explanation of an audit. But I'm, I'm thinking you can audit yourself. You can ask these questions. You don't have to have an outside person to find out this information. You can ask these questions yourself. Now, you may not get all the 100% right answers or the, the, the truthful answer, answers, but at least you're, you're, you're showing an effort. You're showing you're being delivered. Maybe you have the individuals write down some things that they would like for you to know. What were some things that, how are things, and here's a simple way to audit. What's going well? What can we improve on? And what do you want to see in the future going forward? Like those are just three great questions. What's going well? What can we improve on? And what would you like to see in the future going forward? Those are three things that you can ask and evaluate. And so hopefully me sharing my current, and this is real, like I'm in it. My son is 12, so we, we're not even. We're just at the, the precipice. <laughs> If that means the beginning, I think that's what that means. We got we got a one of my favorite lines from a poem is basically says that we have miles to go. The, the let me see miles to go. I was gonna get it. I'm gonna get it for my wall. 
The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. But I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Miles to go before I sleep. I, I try to tell myself that's from stopping by the woods on a sunny, snowy evening by Robert Frost. With my son, I have miles to go before I sleep. <laughs> miles to go. So hopefully that's been encouraging to you for the best advice ever, man. Thank y'all so much for checking in. We'll do a quick, what you're not going to do, because what I'm not going to do is get an hour of this presentation of this podcast hopping. There's a couple of things that I saw that was a little wild into what you're not going to do. So let me grab. Oh, let's see. Here's one from Wisconsin. Jansville, Wisconsin. The message, a message spray painted on a two-story rental home accuses the tenant of not paying her rent. The tenant says she considers the spray painted message slander and does not dispute that she has not paid rent in some time. Hey, in some time, that means you ain't paid rent in about six months. When you say sometime, you it's easy to say a few months. Sometime, she hasn't paid rent. What you're not gonna do is not pay rent for some time. So she has not paid rent for some time. She told the Janesville Gazette the property has maintenance violations and she doesn't think people should have to pay for housing that isn't kept up. Her landlord has denied putting the message on the house, but says he won't remove it. I don't know what the message says. Does the message say, cheapskate? Huh? Pay your rent? <laughs> what does the paid it? <laughs> Jive turkey? So what you're not going to do is spray paint. Who is spray painting somebody's house that's not paying rent that's not the landlord? Because I don't think I, I own some property. I don't think I would spray paint my own property to get a message. There's other ways to tell folks, hey, you need to pay your rent. There's quite a bit of ways to do that as opposed to spray paint your property. That's Yeah, what you're not going to do is, uh, is uh, not pay your rent, people, especially in Wisconsin, because it's cold. Hey, I bet you the homeless population is very low at this time of the year in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, sir. No, ma'am. What you're not going to do is spray paint somebody's house because they ain't paying their rent. At least it is uh, some time. I have not paid in some time. So, again, uh, please send in questions for Ask the Bowtie. I also wanted to address, you know, there's a segment that I, I sometimes do called the Church of Primetime. Uh, shout out to Deion Sanders, Coach Primetime, Coach Prime, for accepting the job at Colorado. There's been a lot of my, man, my, my, my Facebook, my social media feed, there's a lot. There's a lot around his decision, him leaving. Why is he leaving? Is this... He, he's 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 been a charlatan like it, it's wow number one I, I'll, I'll i typically 
number one, don't talk about other grown people's money. That, that's just not my lane. Like, <laughs> live your life how you want to live your life. I'm not an alumni of Jacksonville State. I'm not an alumni of Colorado. I will continue to follow what Jacksonville, uh, Jackson, I see you saying Jacksonville, Jackson State. Uh, I'll keep following Jackson State. I'll follow now the University of Colorado because I'm basically seeing what Coach Prime is up to. I'm, I'm a fan. I, if I had eligibility, and I ain't even like football, I would probably find a way to go play for Coach Prime. Now they showed a clip recently where he was talking to the <laughs> he was talking to the team. It didn't seem, you know, there's a lot of folks on social media like, why tear down these young men? And look. We can evaluate what people do. That, 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 that's our choice. That's our, our right, so to speak, with social media especially. You can just go on and voice your opinion. I've always had the thought that I don't care to hear everybody's opinion. There's just certain people's opinions I want to hear. I don't want to hear everybody's opinion. So there's some of that stuff that I see online and I, I don't care about your opinion, and that is your opinion. And that, and that may sound harsh. I may be um, a caveman, but are you a coach? Are, are, are you a parent of a student that is considering Colorado or Jackson State? Everybody loves the, you know, they don't think there's going to be a good job. This is a dead-end job. Like, let's, we're going to see. We are going to see what happens out of this. But what, what, I, what I will say as it relates to this situation, what I do understand more than anything, that Coach Prime is a father. And in many ways, he's shepherding his son's athletic career. So two things can be true at the same time. Coach Prime wants to coach college ball. And he also wants to coach his son and give his son the best athletic opportunity that's available. So that, I think, is his motivation for how he's gone about with the decisions that he's made. Now, in some cases, it, it seemed a little, I think a lot of the pushback from what folks are talking about is he was starting a movement of, of black coaches at HBCUs, black high-profile coaches that can bring notoriety, fame, spotlight to an area. Um, and so they, 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 he was leading the movement. And I, 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 don't, I don't think that it was a movement. I think he said some things that made folks understand, that, hey, I'm going to be here for a couple of years. I'm not just here for a year and I'm gone. But I definitely didn't think that he would be there like Eddie Robinson. And then what is swag? There's a lot of layers and our community. Black folks, man, black folks, there are some things that are very near and dear. And, and HBCU, HBCUs are, even if we didn't attend one, even if we didn't take one day and sit on in, in one in one class and attend one lecture, there's a lot of feeling around HBCUs and how they aren't at the level of the PWIs, the primarily white institutions, and even you bring in the NFL in. So there's a conversation around power dynamics with football, where the majority of the players 
are African-American, but the minority of the coaches are African-American. And Dion, he's going to be the savior of HBCUs in some of the narratives that, that are be, being communicated. So my take on it is this is just a father, a black father, but this is a father that's trying to get his son the best opportunities. And in doing that, it's a win for him as a coach to be at a higher level, to get his son a bigger opportunity. And then also if he goes to Colorado and win, I, I don't know. I don't know Deion Sanders. That's the, that's the thing, what we know. And I, and I, and I don't know enough to really keep talking about this. Like I know just enough. I've read some memes. I've watched it from afar, but I, I'm not, I'm not invested. So Take my words with a grain of salt. I, I, I have no hard stance on anything. The only hard stance I have on folks have the ability to pursue their life choices. And, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with something Coach Prime said. As it relates to college coaching, coaches either get promoted, elevated, or terminated. That, that was his language. You get elevated or terminated. And that's just what it is. If Coach Prime went zero and twelve this season, who's to say school wouldn't have been like, "Hey man, this was a great little experiment, but it's time for you to go coach." So I unfortunately, folks want to be invested in this discussion. I have no interest in this discussion. He's the coach at Colorado now. All the dynamics that plays itself out. Those conversations will be had. I have no interest in the, in, the, in the dialogue of it. But if you have some a specific question for me as it relates to the Church of Prime, hopefully we'll have some new nuggets and some new information to share. Thank you all so much for tuning in again. You've listened to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with Mike Goodwin. Please follow us on, follow me, Mike Goodwin, on social media. I'm at Comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Bowtie Comedy. You can find me on YouTube, but you can find me at my website, MikeGoodwin.com. Tell someone about this. Rate. Rate the podcast. Give me five stars. Give me no stars. One star. Do something. Say, hey, man, this is what I, I really enjoy. This it helps me get through my cardio session at the gym or whatever it does. But again, until next week, thank you all so much for hanging out with me. I'll let you next time.